0: Hey there, this is John, and I want to take a quick minute to let you guys know about Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. You don't even have to do anything. Your podcast will be heard on Spotify, Apple, Google, and many more listening platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now back to the show.
1: You are now entering armbar audio hello and welcome to another episode of armbar audio this week we are going over the top 10 matches of the month of january 2021 next to me not really is my trusted companion john kern it's me
0: john kerns what's up and of course Every I month we thought we do Sid this. was frozen for a second.
1: <laughs> Every month we do this, we have to have a bit of color on our oh, show. God. Bringing <laughs> the brown swag all the way from Dallas, Texas. Sid Serrano, the 91. What's going on? What's going on, everybody? I'm just, uh,
2: thank you for, uh, totally not racist. They're all am kidding. Uh, Excited oh, to do
1: this. Everything happens to be As racist if it comes out of a white man's mouth. I always said the brown swag. You're giving us color, and and you. I said all nice things. I know,
2: but it's like you, you
1: you pretty much accentuated
2: the color part. I'm like, okay, I get it. I'm brown because we're fucking ghosts.
1: You can see through our skin. <laughs> yeah,
2: kind of, but yeah. Oh, all nice right, style. but hey, excited to be here though. Regardless, we got... Have- 10 fantastic matches for the month of January that were great. I have a little bit of uh antioxidant mixed water and a little bit of bubbly. Bubbles. over here with. You. You, got? you got some too, John. What
0: you got, Tim? I don't have bubbly. This isn't bubbly. I have I have filtered water, have filtered water
1: that came from my refrigerator. Oh, very in nice. In a plastic cup.
0: Very nice. You're representing the uh, <laughs> the street profits. Yeah, exactly. you need to do that. That's I good. have um, a hint, water, that until looking at the name, I thought was peach. It's mango.
1: Ooh!
0: Is it it's, so it's so not while a you were drinking water. it? While you
1: were drinking it, and you thought it was peach.
0: It, did it like taste peach. like peach. Yes. yes.
1: And now that you know it's mango, does it still taste like peach, or does it taste like mango? Let's
0: do a test? Oh, man. It kind of still tastes like peach.
1: Okay, so it's not it's your th- brand.
0: It's not me. It's it, it's not me. But it's that hint. picture made me think peach. <laughs> yeah, I, can see I agree.
1: That, that doesn't A look little. like mango. No, no, no.
0: Okay. Uh, I do love mangoes. Let's get into this, huh? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what's so, the 10th match, John? What's the 10th match? I don't remember anymore. It took so long to set this up. No. Who, uh, cares? who just cares? No 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 no. Honestly, don't care. Who cares? <laughs> Not me. Um Oh God. Uh I know what I did. Okay, it's okay. Number ten comes to us from GCW Fight Forever. It was the first match of the first block, which was titled The Wind of God. It is none other than I a- blow. Would have COVID nineteen. Um. Anyway, it was the Black Heart Leo Rush versus All Heart Blake Christian in a two out of three falls match, where the first fall was a no holds barred match. The second fall was a red door match, where you had to be put through a red door to lose. But Blake, Chris- but Leo Rush went through a black door, and they called the fall anyway. And the third match was a casket match.
1: Damn, son.
0: But Leo Rush won, finally besting All hard Boy Christian. Tim, did you watch this match? Probably not. You were working.
1: I have not yet watched it, but all three of us have a hand in making this list. John uh, put this one up. I am very excited to watch this match. Yeah, man. I was working, unfortunately. I did get to see a lot of Fight Forever, and I was... As you'll see in the honorable mentions, there's plenty of uh, Fight Forever matches on our list. Blake Christian and Leo Rush have amazing chemistry, and by the end of Fight Forever, we found out that Blake Christian is on his way out of the Indies. There's much speculation as to where he's going, as Eliana Black who is his girlfriend, just got signed to NXT. And his best friend, Alex Zane, got signed to NXT a month or so ago. So that's the speculation. But he has shown up on New Japan Strong. He was in the Super J Cup. He was in Impacts. Uh, he was in the finals of Impacts uh, Super X Cup. Yeah. So... You know, isn't he gonna be, who knows like, where order, he's going? Isn't he going to be the, at No Surrender as well? I don't believe so, Sid.
2: Okay, because like I saw something on Instagram that said like it's going to be a triple threat gauntlet match, and I saw his picture on that graphic.
1: Well, then you know more than me, and maybe Impact is where he's headed. I'm not sure. Because really, if if you're if you're a professional wrestler right now and you get off the Indies, yeah. Um, if you I mean, sign you could... to AEW or New Japan or Impact or AAA, you could be wrestling in all four companies. Yeah, that's actually a cool thing. And yeah. so he could
2: he, he could just be courting all those different options. You know, maybe just popping in here and there for a cup of coffee, and then until he finally decides to to. Make a definitive choice as to where he's going to go, but I actually did watch this match today and I loved it. It This fantastic Um, Leo Rush, man, he's you know honestly Leo Rush has been able to tell a really good story with this whole Black Heart thing. How Um, cool is it? Yeah, it's so cool. Again, is so cool. Yeah, it reminds it does definitely remind me a lot of like Venom from Marvel Comics, um, just because of the look. It's because of the look. I mean, it reminds me of something else, but I forget. But, um, you know, I think, like, with the whole thing with uh, Black Heart versus All Hearts, that was cool. Um, Leo is absolutely, like, <clears throat> diabolical throughout this yeah. entire match. Um, yeah. Blake Christian...
1: The story yeah. going into it was Leo Rush came to GCW in the summer, lost to Blake Christian, then it slime season... He pulled out Blackheart and lost to Blake Christian again. So they had this two out of three falls. Yeah. I'm just giving the background. Go ahead, Sid.
2: No, I mean, that. that's actually good. Thank you for that. But um, so I actually watched that match too at slam season. That was also really good. But man, like uh, Leo Rush, by the way, I also love his theme. I listened to it a couple of times today, um, the Blackheart theme, which fun fact um Is actually a sample. It sampled. It 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 pulls a sample from the song "Painted Black" by Ciara. So that's a fun fact. And also, he himself recorded and sang the song. Isn't the
1: Ciara song a cover of the Rolling Stones?
2: Probably, I think so. Yeah, I mean, you know more about rock rock music than I do. So
1: no, I, I yeah, I'm not sure. I don't listen to her since. 2004 so i mean because
2: of the like cause just because of the beginning hum it's the exact same that's why it's at cr but yeah like but his theme song is really good it's called feel the pain it's not on itunes or spotify yet but it's on his own personal youtube channel which you uh-huh. can check out but but very cool fantastic match here really good stuff i loved all the antics going into it um john go ahead
0: i will go sorry. ahead <clears throat> So the only thing that bothered me with the match was the referees um utter failure to understand what the rules of the second fall of the match were. Uh, <laughs> but um the match
1: itself Maybe was Maybe the red door was for Blake Christian because he has red hair and the black door was for Leo because no, he
0: has a no. they they explicitly said like that part. the winner of the match was whoever would put their opponent through the red door.
2: <laughs> Interesting.
0: <laughs> the red door did get used, however. So, we still got to see the red door get used. Um yeah, JCW Fight Forever, I mean, like the whole concept of the show to me is an honorable mention, honestly. It was uh it it was all for charity. Anybody that donated or signed up to be a sponsor, all the money went to the performers and the crew, and they ended up raising over fifty thousand dollars for those guys. Four
1: hundred came from us.
0: Yeah, four hundred did come from us, and zero from Sid. Boo, Sid. No, I'm kidding. kidding.
2: Yeah, yeah, because I don't, because I hate all indie wrestling, and all I care about is Vince McMahon's. Duplexes of suplexes. It's actually just
0: because he didn't know about it. But anyway. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Duplexes of suplexes. I one. can't
2: take, I like that. I can't take credit for that, okay? That was Adam Blompier. He he said that first. Yeah, I, just really
0: I use shit that Ross says twenty four seven, so it doesn't matter. Um <laughs> Number nine. Number nine. Let's move on. Number nine comes to us from AEW Dynamite. Uh it was Dex Harwood. Accompanied by Cash Wheeler and Tully Blanchard versus Jungle Boy Jack Perry accompanied It's unless Tim does it. I don't know. I don't know it yet. Jeez. Okay. I said it's lame unless Tim does it too. We just look like Marks. You're a nerdy one.
1: We are Marks. We're <laughs> marks, marks according to some people on the internet.
0: Eh, fuck him. Uh, Jungle Boy Jack Perry accompanied by the rest of Jungle Express, Luchasaurus and Marcus Stunt. In order to keep things Luchasaurus. And, yeah, just Luchasaurus. in order to keep dressing things dressing. clean. In order to keep things clean, Tully Blancer and Cash Wheeler were handcuffed to Luchasaurus. But the match ended in pandemonium when Jungle Boy got the win on Dax Harwood and Tully Blanchard threw powder in the eyes of Luchasaurus and they tied him up in the ropes and cut the horns off of his mask. The dastardly sons of bitches they are.
1: (laughs) I'll say this about this match. Jungle Boy, once crowds come back, Jungle Boy is going to be the top babyface.
0: 100%. 100%. I agree. I agree.
1: Also, the fact that he works his style of offense, you would expect his best matches to be with those who work similar styles, but his matches with MJF and that his match with Dax Hardwood are the two best matches he has had since being in AEW. And those are two old-school wrestlers, yeah. heel wrestlers. And this match was fan-fucking-tastic. The, the clash of styles was perfect. Dax, uh, you know, we only see Dax and Cash together. They have had singles uh, matches on, like, NXT house shows back in the day but we have never they seen them in- uh, that we've never seen them individually and seeing dax individually also was just awesome in itself um really good back and forth really good counters i mean it it, it was what you would expect ftr and jurassic express in a tag team but just one on one and it it translated perfectly
2: Oh, yeah. Uh, I totally agree with that. Um, Pretty much everything that I had to say you said, Tim. Again, it's one of those situations. But I will say that, yeah, Jungle Boy is... Man, look, AEW has amazing superstars, but I feel like Jungle Boy has been lost in the shuffle uh, in the recent past. But I think a match like this and more matches like this is something that will continue to help him, you know, be, get closer and closer to the limelight, you know? And I feel like, you know, in a way, you know, it's a a terrible analogy. I don't want to use it, but um, he is, you know what? No, I'm still going to use it. It's a bit of a terrible analogy, but in a way he's like a reverse Brock Lesnar, if you think about it, because Brock, you would think his best matches would be with bigger guys, but it's in the recent past been with a lot more smaller guys Right. It, exactly. Yeah. So similarly, Jungle no,
1: that's Boy. A good, that's a good
2: analogy. Okay. Thank you. But uh, Jungle Boy, in you know, in that sense, another match I would love to see is I know this has happened, but should Cody ever turn heel? Heel Cody versus Jungle Boy in a match like that. That would really be cool good.
1: To yeah. See. yeah. Um And I'd Joey also Jeanneau. say that like we saw the last night on um. Dy- We saw this Wednesday on Dynamite, Uh, this FTR Jurassic Express um, feud is not ending anytime soon and I'm very happy about it. I think it's going to raise the stock of Jurassic Express and solidify FTR even more on the AEW roster. John, anything uh, anything from your big old noggin?
0: Well, I was just going to say that, in my opinion, this is Jungle Boy's best singles match since joining AEW. Oh yeah, I think so. And I don't know if I agree entirely that Jungle Boy's been lost in the shuffle, um, because Jungle Express is featured heavily on being via Wheat, on Dynamite, even on AEW Dark. And so, we just true. saw.
1: Recently, uh, the guy who runs Jazzwares, uh, Jack Powders, or something like that, he, he unveiled Series 5 of Unrivaled, and Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus are in that line.
0: But no Marco. I was a little upset about that.
1: Well, they mm-hmm. also had Frankie and Scorpio in and No band- CD.
0: Yeah. Weird. But Marco's stunt should be like a, little, a little minifigure that comes with Luchasaurus.
1: I agree yeah. with that, John. I was just about to say that. Yeah, and I think the reason that they left off Daniels was because Kazarian and Scorpio were the first ever tag team champions. Yeah, yeah, mm.
0: yeah. They should release like special editions too. Like they should have they they should release a fallen angel, Christopher Daniels. One hundred percent. Uh, they're
1: coming out with another line. I forget what it's called. It's similar. to to the name Unrivaled, it's, it's
0: something almost Unmatched. unmatched. Yeah,
1: yeah, oh, they, they, haven't, they haven't said anything else other than that,
0: other than, the, other than the name, yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, uh, Jungle Boy is going to the moon to steal a phrase from one Cameron Grimes, but uh, that's where that it's would going. be a good match, too. Yeah, what. But that's where he's going. He's going nowhere but up. Jungle Boy's fantastic.
2: That is true.
0: Number eight comes to us from the NXT Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. It is none other than the Rastwas, I mean MSK, versus Jake Atlas and Isaiah Swerve Scott. Mark. I'm going to kick it
1: over to our NXT analyst to start this one yeah, NXT correspondent. Yeah, okay.
2: You know what I'm going to say. Our man already. in the field. Yeah, you You guys already know what I'm going to say. This is my first experience. <laughs> first time watching MSK. Slash oh, why
0: Rascals. is that, Sid?
2: Because I don't. Because Impact's my favorite promotion. That's why. Yeah. Uh, anyway.
1: <laughs> this can't be your first time. We've had Rascals matches on previous lists. Oh, that's... Have we? Yeah. I believe so.
2: We probably have. I mean, I, I mean we did have a Trey Miguel match. I remember that. I don't think we had rascals like as a tag team. You know what?
0: The match that they did, uh the match that they did when the Rascals left Impact was on our list whenever it, it, it happened.
2: Oh, okay. I think I don't think I watched that one. I think I don't think we did that. Oh. We didn't do that list, remember? That was that was the December list. We didn't do
1: it. Oh, that's true. I'm going me and John are going to buy a bunch of Impact merch off of Wish and send it to you, you fuck. That's cool. I don't go ahead. know if it's yeah, on
2: there. I'll take it, man. July 23rd is my birthday, so you have some time.
0: There you go. Anyway, uh, uh, well, we
1: didn't get our Christmas gifts or Festival of Lights, whatever it is.
0: That's funny. don't well, celebrate
1: it. Don't, don't worry. I,
2: I, I, well, I'll make it up to you, Tim. Don't worry. But anyway, can, I thought can I this ask you a favor? was.
0: Don't make it up yes. to me.
2: <laughs> <laughs> don't don't tap me, John. <laughs> don't tap me. Anyway, but yeah, I think um, this match showed was a great introduction to uh, MSK for those like me who haven't seen them. But it also served as a. Uh, kind of like to building up a storyline for Isaiah Swerve Scott because he is in the midst of a heel turn, at least it seems to me that way. Um, So I think that was really cool. A lot of great athleticism, all four of these men, fantastic stuff here. I mean, I love that assisted standing moonsault that they did. Uh, That's kind of their finisher now, which is freaking awesome. So I mean I love it. Yeah, oh by the it's way it's
1: like their trade it's like their trademark. Okay. It's like that signature move that they that they have to get in every match but it doesn't finish them. It gets the two and a half count, you know. Okay. The the finish is is what they used at the end and I never saw them use it before. I think it was like I think I don't know their new names anymore. Wait. Yes, I do. Um, but Nash West, Carter...
0: I know one of them Net, is Wesley. I think...
1: I think Nash Carter was holding up Atlas or Swerve... Wesley. And, and Wesley, like, Snipes? ran over and did, like, a... <laughs> did, like, a reverse blockbuster right. on him or something. Okay. Yeah. That, I remember that now. But
2: I think... Because like they used it in another match, and they actually won with that move. That assisted moonsault, so... I don't know, but anyway, um, yeah. I mean, I think like, like I said, great. It accomplished a lot of things because it was a great debut for MSK on NXT, and it was it helped further along the uh, Swerve's descent into darkness, as it were. So we'll see where that goes. So yeah, yeah. So John or Tim,
1: <laughs> go ahead.
0: I'll go. I'll say honestly. this.
1: Oh, oh no, go ahead, John. Okay.
0: Honestly, I'm just happy that they got work. Yeah. I'm happy that they're signed. I'm happy that they're wrestling weekly. I'm happy that they're in a good place. Because um, when the Rascal was left Impact, I was legitimately sad. Um, We just saw Trey Miguel return to Impact. So he's still all right. He's still doing good. But, uh, yeah, I'm very happy. oh that... yeah,
1: he's doing good. He's, like, in a relationship with Alicia Tooth.
0: Okay, that's... Yep. I, I, I meant career-wise. But, <laughs> um, but yeah. I'm, I'm just happy that they're somewhere. You know what I mean?
1: There you go. That is true. Huh. I, yeah. I, I um, think so. Um, I believe these two gentlemen... Um, are the fastest signed and debuting uh, superstars? I think so. Yeah. In the history of NXT, um, I mean, and we you just... saw why. Um, the reason this this is on the list is because what Sid said. The athletics was bar none. Um, you know, you got Scott in there who's fantastic, Atlas, who's a fantastic, and the Rascals, MSK, which they haven't told us what MSK means, but whatever. Um, speaking of, I think they're going to the finals against Grizzled Young Veterans. But I did not watch this week's NXT yet. so yeah, I'm still watching
2: it myself, but yeah. I liked uh, how Vic Joseph mentioned on comment. These rascals are high-flying or some shit like that. That was funny. Yeah. I like that a lot. That
0: hey, Vicky! Vicky Joseph. Okay. You guys <laughs> know Vicky Joseph? Hey,
2: he's around of the pasta shop next to my... Okay, then, now we're going full-toothed far side. I got him so bad.
0: He used to cook pasta with my mom back in the day. He sliced the best prosciutto.
1: Put <laughs> the like.
2: mozzarella.
1: Number <laughs> number seven. Wow.
0: Sid, that's actually cultural appropriation because I'm half Italian. So, just beat what's my number
1: brother. seven, John?
0: I'm looking. Number seven. <laughs> I didn't name them in here. I just named them on my spreadsheet. Number seven comes to us from Tokyo Joshi Pro. It was the Princess of Princess Championship. Yuka Sakazaki defending against Rocky Tatsumi.
1: This shit was awesome. Yes. Yuka Sakazaki and Tatsumi put on a hell of a show. They wanted each other dead. Uh, Tatsumi, it was my first time seeing her, and she deserved that win. Uh, I believe she was either trained by or is inspired by Tatsumi Fujinami. Um, I watched this earlier this month, but it did leave an impression on me. That's why I voted for this to be in the list. Um, Go out of your way and watch it.
2: This was a really good match because they did the announcer team, the announcement team mentioned that these two were really good friends, but it just shows, you know, like, when there's a potential shot at greatness at stake, friendship, relationships, all that stuff goes out of the window. And this match kind of showed the just kind of, like, the roots of pro wrestling and why these characters do what they do. Yeah. So, I mean, that was just, that was fantastic. Go ahead, John.
0: Yeah. I got to say, I have been nothing but impressed with the Tokyo Joshi Pro English commentary team. They are fantastic. They are informational. Uh, they know what they're talking about. Then they tell you why you should care about what's going on. Um, I I can't help but compare them both to Chris Charlton of NJPW as far as providing background goes.
1: I believe the English commentators for Tokyo Joshi Pro are the same English commentators that Noah has. Because Noah, Tokyo Joshi Pro, DDT, all that is in the same streaming service.
0: Now that you said that, I, I was trying to place the one guy's voice and I think you just did it for me.
1: <laughs> but uh yeah, uh we haven't seen Yuka Sakazaki in the West in a while. She was in AEW. But
0: but what's happening the Tim?
1: Japanese side of the women's AEW eliminator tournament has none other than two Tokyo Joshi Pro wrestlers that is Yuka Sakazaki and Maki Ito. Uh, there is yeah. eight other, uh, <laughs> six other Joshi wrestlers, and Riho is on the American side, so I guess she's back in the States, yeah. because the Japanese side is happening all on Jap- Japan soil. So, if you want to get yourself ready for that Eliminator tournament, watch this this match, and also the Maki Ito match. It was yeah. very good. It's on our honorable mentions.
0: Very good stuff. Very good stuff throughout. Uh, there was a lot of awesome uh, outside the ring work. There was an awesome looking uh, dropkick spot where um, yeah. where uh, Tatsumi had Sakazaki's leg like tied up in the barricade. And took a full running start, and drop-kicked her leg. It was brutal. Yeah. It was brutality. It was everything you expect. It was a strong-style women's match. That's what it was. I know. It was awesome. No chance comes to us from NXT. Uh, it was the second iteration of the Fight Pit featuring Tomasa Champa, the psycho killer. And Timothy Thatcher, the king of Thatcher thatch can wrestling.
1: Yeah, let me say this. Tommaso Champa beat Thatcher in a regular match at the last takeover. But he could not do it in Thatcher's fight pit. That and that this match was great, but that ending was fucking phenomenal. When he got his leg in the cage and was just applying that submission through it, I was like, this has to be the end. This has to be the end. They have to end it here, and they did. And I was so happy. And what they're doing with these two men right now, the interviews that that they've done since then, the getting into the tag tournament, becoming a tag team, what they've – and the the latest interview from last week's NXT – was just fantastic. I love what they're doing with both of these guys because Tommaso Ciampa's been to the top of the mountain, and for a while there, it looked like Thatcher was only getting pushed so much to look like a contender, but to job to others. And right now, they're both doing something worth meaning. And it all came from this fight pit match because it made Champa respect Thatcher and it, it made yeah. Thatcher respect Champa.
2: Yeah, um, I'll just say if you saw the fight pit match that they had with Matt Riddle was brutal, this one, well, that, that was like child's play in my opinion compared to this match. Um, because just because I think both of them are vicious competitors, and frankly, um, I would love to see more fight pit matches. I don't think we should have yeah. only one a year. Maybe maybe two a year would be fine. Like I would one person I want to see get into the fight pit is Adam Cole. I think that would be an interesting match because the fight pit has become Thatcher's domain, kind of like how the Lions Den was Ken Shamrock's domain yeah. back in the way back when. It almost feels like, like it feels like you know, Thatcher is like a combination of Dan Severin and uh, Ken Shamrock in that sense. Ooh, and
0: that's good, yeah, dude. Yeah, nice shout
1: out Dan Severin.
2: Yeah, and uh, so I mean, like, yeah, I mean, and Thatcher, Thatcher, Thatch Ken, Timothy Thatcher, uh, just really excited to see what what more he does. And like I said, more fight pit matches, please. I would love to see oh yeah. If Finn Balor is still NXT champion by this time, definitely
1: Defend Finn the Balor title versus in the fight pit. The fight oh
0: pit. yeah. Defend the title in oh, the fight that. pit. I'd yes. like to
1: see Kyle O'Reilly in the fight pit as well. Uh, yeah. also and be done. Also, Sid, I'm gonna disagree with you. I don't think the riddle match was child's play compared to this. I think you I almost think you can't compare them because Champa and Riddle are way different performers. Riddle comes at you with that MMA background. Champa is just a fucking much dog. machine. Yeah. You think he's a brawler, <laughs> but then yeah, That's he's Brian Cage. About man. wrestling moves and who knows. But um, yeah, John.
0: Uh you know who I want to see get in the fight pit? Fucking Bronson Reed, dude. Mm. Thank you, Mom. Get that Probably big, that. get that big Kiwi some bitch in there. Mix it up.
2: That Australian kaiju, get out, get
0: that motherfucker. Yeah. So what do you think? I think he's from New Zealand.
2: Oh okay. is he? Well, no, he says the Ozilla. That's is Australian.
0: Is it? Oh shit, I thought. Oh, okay, I was wrong. Okay. Sorry. Uh, go ahead. This match was. Awesome. I mean, like, that's that that's like what we say about every match, match we go to. But fucking hell, this was just it was a fight. It was in a pit. It was a fight pit. And <laughs> it was like you know Thatcher. You know Champa, You know what this fucking match looked like. Right. <laughs> <Bryce. laughs> Number five comes to us from the land of the rising sun. Tokyo, Japan in the Tokyo Dome no less. Wrestle Kingdom 15. Yes. Wrestle yes. Kingdom 15 Night <laughs> Night 1. <laughs> in Wrestle Kingdom 15 Night 1 special singles match Kazuchika Okada the Rainmaker versus um what is his nickname now? Uh, what is Will Ospreay's nickname? Is, is he uh, still... What is it? Commonwealth Kingpin? Yes, the Commonwealth oh, yeah, Kingpin yeah. Will Osprey. I knew it wasn't Aerial Assassin or Assassin anymore. But I couldn't think of what the new one was. But <clears throat> the leader of the Empire, Will Osprey. I'm story to
1: this match was so good because okada wrestled Osprey and Rev pro talked to new Japan wanted osprey and new Japan fought for him to get into chaos they had great matches I believe at last year's anniversary show and Osprey always felt like he couldn't reach his max potential because Okada was in the way. So he went and formed his own faction and started becoming more selfish in that sense. And he targeted Okada for a long time. Uh, the buildup, even on social media, was great. I believe Osprey um, posted on Instagram... A picture with him with Okada's mom and Okada with Osprey's mom. I mean, this this yeah, had mom. this had a main event feel to it. I mean, of course it's going to feel that way because of the two guys, but the build up was really good. Um, as it comes to as a match, the storytelling was fantastic. Uh, Will Osprey hit the Rainmaker on Okada. And everyone, I was live tweeting this show, everyone was wait, was saying, please do not rely on that shitty submission move, the, the money, money clip. We need the Rainmaker back. And Okada did it, and he put Ospreay to bed. Sid? So,
2: um... As you know, one of the things that I value in a wrestling match or just in wrestling in general is storytelling. And this match, yeah, there was some story. And that's the thing with New Japan. I know that they don't run weekly shows, so there's not like a shit ton of backstage promos or uh, like, you know, or, or interactions in the ring as much as, you know, like AEW or WWE or any of that stuff. So... They use the match to tell the story, and that was what was so masterful about this match. Yeah. Um, I think that you know this whole story of Osprey trying to get out of uh, Okada's shadow was very much shown here. Um, I will say I do disagree I, with the, the ending result. I do think Osprey should have taken this because you know this is a heel starting a new faction, leader of a new faction. To assert his dominance, I felt that he could have taken down his old leader, Okada, and been like, Look, I'm my own man now. But besides that, the match itself was really good. Like the animosity just con- continued to build and build and build. And I was just like, Holy shit, man. These two are going to kill each other, you know? And that's exactly what they did. So I, I was excited. But that's the
1: week. Yeah. The night of. In the week after, I was I felt the same as you. I felt Osprey should have won. But this whole feud that the Empire has with Tenzon and Kojima is actually really good. It's a nice starting point for this new faction to yeah. get its feet in the ground. And who's to say you know, down the Gato line. books long-term, and he's smart, and he knows what he's doing. Who's to say down the line Osprey doesn't get that win over Okada? Right. Yeah, and I think, you know, honestly, one thing I have to – with New Japan, the losers
2: do not look bad in defeat. They always look good in defeat. So Osprey has nothing to be ashamed of here. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Totally. I absolutely agree. Um you got Okada and you got Osprey. I mean, how the hell is the match not going to be good? Uh, it was main event worthy. It is definitely a match of the year candidate. But uh, <coughs> it's at the number five spot because, uh, God damn, what a month of wrestling January was. We'll get into that in just a minute.
1: I say this. Ever since we started doing this top ten, it seems like every month wrestling just gets fucking better.
0: Yeah. That's true. No matter
1: what's going on in this
2: world, wrestling still continues to produce I mean, hell, con- quality content.
0: We have a match of the year candidate scheduled for next week with Kenta and Kenny Omega versus Archer and Moxley.
2: Oh yeah. That's going to be good. That's
0: that's already a match of the year candidate without even seeing it yet. Right. But, Same uh, with Kenta
1: versus Moxley. Hell yeah. Same with. Um, I mean, fuck. I, I don't know.
0: <laughs> what are we gonna do? I mean, the
1: the card the card for NXT Vengeance Day, uh, looks <laughs> like it will produce yeah. some really good shit.
0: I haven't seen it yet, but I will when we're done. Here. Three
1: matches were announced
0: so okay, far. I'll check them out. Uh, let's move on to number four. It features the Golden Star. Kota Ibushi. Going up against the double IWGP champion Tetsuya Naito, leader of LJ. This was the match where Kota Ibushi won the double gold. So, of course it has a spot on this list.
1: Kota Ibushi finally becomes God. Yes. And after the match the ungovernable Tetsuya Naito handed the belts to Ibushi and raised his hand. And it was beautiful.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And if, you, if you've if you ever seen a Naito and Ibushi match, you know, you know there was cringeworthy spots with the necks. Yeah. You know that they went all out. And Naito, I believe, had a great run with his historic title reign, I'm so glad that Ibushi has finally achieved his goal.
2: Now, I will say this, one thing that intrigued me after this match, Kenny Omega tweeted out this whole thing with Kota Ibushi and how he won and he's mm-hmm. how he's happy for his friend. He's got this collector, cleaner-slash-collector gimmick going on. Kota Bushi has two belts. And it looks like, after this week's Dynamite, it looks like the forbidden door, as it were, is slightly ajar.
0: Slightly
1: ajar. Before Kota, won, before Kota won, Omega was on Takas Jericho, And said that if he never joined Bullet Club, he would still be a white meat baby face trying to get to the top like Kota Ibushi. And this past week on Twitter, it was an exchange between Nakazawa, Ibushi, and Omega. And Omega was saying that we're going to basically we're going to change the world. They, They may not like it but we're going to do it or or something like that I I'm paraphrasing here but the end the whatever's going on with these bullet club things that's that's going to happen first but yeah. but the end result is going to be a bushi and an omega <laughs> and it's going to fucking roll and it's going to bring everything outside of WWE <laughs> together and fuck yeah, what dude, a man. great way to start the story with Abushi beating Naito and Omega stealing the title from Moxley
0: yeah mm-hmm. shit man mean, like I said I, was just,
2: I can't fucking wait yeah <laughs> that's all I'm gonna say that's all I'm gonna say man but awesome match Obviously. It's Naito and Ushiga. You can't have a bad match. Like, I don't know, like man, look I have not seen a horrible New Japan match. Like I've never seen one that's like absolute trash quality or something like that. Like I've seen good matches to like serviceable matches. I've seen yeah. good matches. I've seen great matches and then I've seen holy shit, this is awesome kind of matches in New Japan. That's all I've seen. But, yeah, I, I'm, congratulations, Kodabushi. I'm looking forward to the future. I am looking forward to, this fu- the, to the future. I'm looking forward to see how they change the world. That's it. So, John, go ahead.
0: Okay. Well, I think it's time to talk a little bit about the Royal Rumble, boys. Number numero tres. Was it last man standing match for the Universal Championship Roman Reigns, the tribal chief, the head of the table, defending against Kevin Owens, the prize fighter.
2: Stun Owens. My
0: God, this match was balls to the wall. Uh, it started off a little bit slow, but don't let that fool you. If you watch this, uh, as soon as this. Oh, match... I love the beginning. I love
1: yeah that Kevin Owens stood at that at those ropes. And would not allow Roman to get in and then held the ropes open. Yeah. He was ready
0: from the start. Yes, he was. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, uh, man, once this match moved to the floor, it went zero to 60 real fucking quick. Really? <laughs> you mean 100? Yes, there wasn't it, 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 no, like, yeah, it, it went 60 to 100 real fucking quick. That's what happened. <laughs> um, In the words of Drake, you know zero to hundred, real quick. No, I, I don't know who Drake is. Um, oh, yeah. anyway. <laughs> You're blessed. What, what 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 is music? No. Um, <laughs> yeah, I only I only watch wrestling. The only music
2: I listen to is wrestling theme songs. I only watch wrestling.
0: Everything yeah. else is for dumb babies.
2: Right. But so anyway,
0: anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah. Favorite spot. Oh, I don't know, man. I always try to talk about my favorite spot in every match, uh, but it's hard. I don't know. I really liked uh, Roman throwing <laughs> throwing Kevin Owens through the tables. Off throwing, the, Roman. Uh, throwing Roman. Throwing uh, Roman off of the Thunderdome set. Um, the swanton bomb from the forklift was epic, but, man, I don't Did know. He's... Like... There were so many good spots.
1: Roman, let's running over the other. Kevin Owens with the 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 yeah. cart, the golf cart. Was yeah, right let's have. Owens Owens got it worse than Sammy.
2: Yeah, he handed did. Down. Um,
1: he went through the windshield. Also, at uh, one point, yeah. uh, they were fighting, and Roman said, "Oh, you're fighting for your dead grandfather, or something like that," and Owens just. Owens was on the brink of death, and he just shot up and started whooping on Roman's screen. My granddad is more of a man than you'll ever be. And then they tried to, uh, Roman uh, tried to Handcuff. use handcuffs on Owens, didn't work out for him. Owens had the match one, but uh, as the ref was getting to 10, Roman threw the ref into uh, one of the stage props, and Paul Heyman came over and undid the uh, handcuffs, and Roman Reigns uh, applied the guillotine choke to Kevin Owens. This was amazing. Um this really makes me think that vince and company do indeed like kevin owens
0: yeah.
1: because it's always it's always a wondering you know do they actually like him or they don't like him i don't know but you know they weren't i knew going into this they weren't going to take the title off yeah but oh, yeah. the match and the story inside the match everything building up to it just made it so good that it didn't matter that I knew that Roman was going. Right. And the, the way that he won was was perfect for his character right now. Paul Heyman, you are my employee. You do what I say.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I... said, go for it. What you got?
2: Um. Yeah. Like, I think Ro- there's no need to take the title off of Roman anytime soon. Frankly, yeah. I can't believe I'm saying that. First of all, um, actually, no. You're a world in
0: 2021. What a time to be alive! Right. Eh? Exactly.
2: <laughs> I mean, even back. Okay, see here. Even back <laughs> then, I still wanted the title on Roman just so Vince can get it out of the system. I wanted the now, title. on
0: Roman so that Brock wouldn't have it.
2: That, too. <laughs> but all, all, also just because, because you know, because Roman kept on getting inserted title pictures when he didn't freaking deserve it, right? Yeah. But now I actually want to see Roman with that title. And at this point, I just want to see him have it until someone is incredible takes so, it off. Well, I don't want to say credible. I want to see him for a long time because of the character of Roman Reigns. I keep talking about yeah. characters. I keep talking about stories. That is what intrigues me. That's what wrestling about
0: is. Yeah, and he's Everybody fantastic. Says that's not what it is. Is wrong. Sorry.
2: Yeah. So and yeah, obviously, you know, continuing to go these these depths with all these different matches, whether it's a cage match, a last man standing, you know, a well, you good know, match.
1: the thing is, Thatcher has the fight pit. Yeah, Triple H pretty much took over the Hell in the Cell concept throughout the Hell in the Cell history. Yeah. I believe with this run, Roman Reigns is putting his name on the last man standing match stipulation. Oh, yeah. I can, mean, I can see
0: what, it. what
1: do you mean by that, Tim? Huh? Uh, he beat Jey Uso inside a Hell in a Cell in a last man standing match.
0: Oh, right, 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 right. No, yeah. That was an I quit match, though. I see what you're saying. That was an I quit match. Oh. Well, fuck me. (laughs) Um, Anyway. I was going to say something about Last Man Standing, though. Last Man Standing is probably one of my favorite stipulations that WWE does. And I'm thinking uh, I might have to go ahead and make myself a, a list of my favorite Last Man Standing matches and put that on the channel at some point.
1: Or we could uh, use it for something we're planning
0: in the future. That is true. The future.
1: The future.
0: You can tell me off camera if you want. Number two! We're talking about number two now. Uh, We're going back to the Tokyo Dome with Kota Ibushi. Long jump.
1: Kota Ibushi on night one became God. But right after his match, while he was celebrating, none other than King Switch came out and said, enjoy that for one night because you didn't beat me in the G1. I'm the real champion. Tomorrow, I'm taking it from you. This match, I believe they said, was the longest match in Wrestle Kingdom history.
0: Yes, that is true. Damn. Damn. Shit, man. Um, I mean... Kota Ibushi versus Jay White was the match that I knew I wanted to see since, like, the G1 time. Um, especially when Kota Ibushi won... And Jay White interrupted his backstage uh, interview, which was unheard of. Not a thing that happens over there. Um, He made Kota Ibushi open an alcoholic beverage, which I was like, oh, he's in his head. Because, like, Kota doesn't do that. Um, (laughs) But my God, it was so good. It was so good, guys.
1: you know all safe. but The storytelling in this match was great too. And it had me on the edge of my seat because I really didn't know what they were gonna do. Were they gonna yeah. do a Bushi Dirty and just give him that one night run? Um but um the match was just fantastic. Jay White is the best heel in pro wrestling. And yep. Kota Ibushi is one of the most phenomenal wrestlers I've ever seen. No pun intended, of course, but yes, he's good. He's did you good. ever, did you ever see Ibushi versus uh, AJ Styles? I can't say I have. Ibushi did a Phoenix Splash, and AJ caught him into a fucking Styles Clash. It was fucking beautiful. That's crazy. That is crazy. It
0: was nuts. It, I mean, my God. He's is it. probably one of the greatest wrestlers walking the face of the earth. Yeah. He really is. I agree.
1: Yeah, he's one in that one. Number one is tied by the two men we talked about earlier Abushi yeah. and uh, his counterpart,
0: Omega. But number one, the number one match for January comes to us. So I'll
2: just say one thing. Okay. And then we'll go to number one. Kota Ibushi, night one of Wrestle Kingdom, became God. Yeah. And night two, Kota Ibushi solidified his position as God.
0: Yes, absolutely. All right, we'll go to number one now. But number one, I believe, is history-making because I think it is the first time that the Never Open Weight Championship has topped our best of list.
1: It's also both of these men's first ever Wrestle Kingdom appearance. And that is Shingo, Shingo Takagi defending his Never Open Weight title against the Empire's or United Empire's Jeff Cobb. Shinsuke Nakamura versus Kota Ibushi is my favorite Wrestle Kingdom match of all time and as soon as this match was over I was messaging you guys saying this is a close second they were throwing bombs they were throwing suplexes they were going at it like no other open weight match before maybe you could say Ishii and Shibata, but these guys are thicker and they they were doing amazing things and neither could put the other one away and Shingo used his brain and started going after Jeff's leg. And when Jeff would do some high impact moves, it all came back to that leg. There was a point where Jeff Cobb was going to Razor's Edge Shingo off of the fucking apron and I was going nuts. I said, who do you think you are? Naito and Ibushi? That's later. That's later. You can't break your necks. Shingo luckily got out of it and did an amazing uh, front-flipping plancha on the cob on the outside. I mean, a lot of people, while I was live-tweeting, was talking about the strength of cob, but I said, you guys talking about the strength, the Cobb. Fucking Shingo deadlifted Cobb into the made in Japan, held him up in the air for like 30 seconds and then hit it. It was just incredible, man. Yeah. Like Shingo yeah. got me into pure esso with his match in DG USA against Brian Danielson. And watching him from Dragon Gate and Dragon Gate USA to where he is now in New Japan. I'm so happy. Jeff Cobb is where he needs to, he needs and should be. I'm so glad that he signed with New Japan earlier in the year. Everyone was expecting him to go to NXT and such, but he belongs in New Japan. And this match shows you why. Um, If anybody else has any other thoughts, go ahead, but I am a total fucking mark for Shingo Takagi, and I'm a total fucking mark for this match.
0: Absolutely. John, go ahead. Favorite spot, because that's my job. Favorite spot. The best spot in this match, in my opinion, was Jeff Cobb hitting a standing moonsault while holding, fucking holding... Shingo Takagi holding him like this, standing fucking moonsault into basically the world's strongest slam when they landed. Yeah,
1: like a moonsault
0: power slam. My fucking god. It was insane. I've never seen anything like that happen in a wrestling match. And I've been watching wrestling for over 20 years. For me to see something that I've never seen before is fucking rare, and they did it. So, number one match.
1: For sure. Well, Cameron Grimes kind of does that, but to see two men of this stature be able to pull that off is
0: just
1: un-fucking-real. On that note, I would love to see at some point,
2: we could totally see Cameron Grimes in New Japan. I think he would thrive there, too, for sure. But, I mean, again, okay, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to go there, but right. like this one again. I mean, little. I, I get why they didn't put the title on Cobb yet.
0: Yeah. But
2: again, showed everybody what Jeff Cobb is all about. And yes, I have seen Jeff Cobb before. This I saw him in AEW against John Moxley, where he popped in again for a cup of coffee. But it was still really good. Um, I think Cobb again is again in that class of big men, like, again, dif- you know, changing the definition of big men, yeah. you know, because back then we had the Canes, you had the t- Takers, you had the Big Shows and the Mark Henrys. Now you now it's the Keith Lees. Now it's the Luchasauruses. Now it's the Wardlows. Now it's the Jeff Cobbs. Yeah, now
0: when you get a you new know? big guy in wrestling, they're being compared to Brian Cage, They're being compared to Jeff Cobb. They're being compared to Keith Lee. They're changing the fucking game. And Jeff yeah. Cobb is joined arms with, in my opinion, Keith Lee as the forefront of this change. Oh,
1: yeah. That's... Oh, yeah. yeah. Now, before we get to the end of this show, uh, I would like to point out that on this video, you see not only our emblems, but also Global Syndicate Wrestling. Yeah. They are a new indie company on February 21st, 2021 on Fight. You can pre-order now. Uh, Inception, which is headlined by Austin Aries against Alex Hammerstone. The whole card looks good. Deanna Perazzo versus Shaul Guerrero. Uh, Definitely check that out. Um, The outro of this video will show you upcoming big events for the month of February. And that's how it's going to go from here on out uh, for these top 10 uh, shows. And with that...
0: Yeah. I'm going to correct you very quickly, Timothy. Uh, GSW Inception is on the 20th, not the 21st. My bad. It's all right.
1: Also, if you haven't saw on Twitter, uh, we have renamed Armbar Nerds. ...to the Gooniverse. This year, in 2021, myself, John Kearns, and Sid Saram... ...will be bringing to you everything from video games, music, food, Uh, uh, monsters... ...anything we want to fucking talk about, we're going to be talking about. We're going to be doing tier lists. We're going to be talking about cartoons, anime... Disney, Pixar, everything. Everything you can think of. So, if you like our wrestling opinions and you like to listen to our voices and see our faces, subscribe. Right. Ours means yeah. all of oh. us are to. Oh, the oh. Right. Okay, uh, Look yeah, up the yeah. universe <laughs> on YouTube, uh, and I believe uh, anywhere you can find podcasts, Except Stitcher, because yep. yeah,
0: Stitcher sucks. Sister. Yeah. Um, yeah. The uh, the podcast portion of the universe is actually called "Welcome to the Universe." So you'll find that. Um, mm-hmm. Welcome, welcome, one and all, to the universe. The universe of goons. Us.
2: <laughs> that's right. So yeah,
1: I'm, I'm excited, man. Can't wait. Me too. With that. Wherever you are in the world, whether it's morning, noon, or night, you have a great one. Peace, love to all of you. Guys, bring it in. Bang. Yeah. <coughs> Bang.